bridge Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets Oh, she's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase I'm Betty I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. And I just done some traveling around the world. So this episode is all about my trip to Canada. Now, I was a little... I wasn't quite sure what to do with this podcast because I have a lot of stories. So part of me was like, well, I'll tell half the Canada stories in this episode and half the Canada stories in the next episode. And then because I have some good airplane stories also. And um, I was just a little afraid that if I did that by then the next podcast would be January 7th. I kind of felt like those Canada stories would feel a little old. So instead, this episode is basically all Canada with just a couple airline stories. And it's a little longer than some, but uh, hey, Merry Christmas. <laughs> In this episode, we have stories about pucks, bears, snow, snafus, elk, ice fields, and tundra buggies. Let's get on with the show. So you guys know that I had been planning this trip to Canada, to Churchill, the polar bear capital of the world. So excited. And uh, I'm on like my second flight now. And the, a guy sitting next to me said, um, as we we're getting off the plane, he said, uh, so where are you going? And I said, oh, I'm going to Winnipeg. I have a date with a polar bear. And the guy, he's like, he actually helped me get my bag down, which is always really nice. Of course, I don't need anybody to, but it's still a very uh, gentlemanly thing to do and so nice. And he said, uh, so you're going to Churchill? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Churchill. And he said, I've always wanted to go. And actually, a lot of Canadians I ran into because uh, after Churchill, I took a road trip around Alberta, and uh, a lot of people I met from Canada, they were like, oh, I really want to go to Churchill. I hope someday I get to go to Churchill. And uh, it it took a lot to get this trip to Churchill, because I mentioned in other podcasts, there aren't any roads, and the flight's very expensive, and there is a train from Winnipeg, but because of COVID, the dining cars are closed, and the sleeper cars are closed, and uh, so I had decided to fly, but um, when I say it's expensive, it's a two-hour flight, and that round-trip flight trip from uh, Winnipeg to Churchill is like $2,400 per person. Yikes! So I decided to uh, as an airline employee, you can go standby on another airline, and it was like $125 round trip. I mean, you can't beat that with a stick. And we get, when you're looking, you can't get any numbers about the availability, but you get either a smiley face, a straight face, or a frowny face. And uh, this one 
was, I think now it was a straight face, which is much better than the frowny face. So I was, I, I was pretty sure there were seats. And I also knew that I got the last hotel room because uh, there was nothing else. I had no choices of hotel rooms. It was just the one because the bears are only there for such a short amount of time. It's a very short window. So when I say uh, I had to do a lot to get to Churchill, it's because like the tundra buggies, I'll talk about those later. Those are the safari vehicles that go out on the ice. They only run on certain days. And uh, like I said, there there's not that many hotels and everybody wants to go at this same window. It's like mid-October to mid-November. But I talked to people later who said lots of times there aren't that many bears in October because it's taking longer for the ice to freeze. So just in case you hadn't listened to the last episode, the reason why the bears are there in Churchill, which they call the polar bear capital of the world, um, is because that's where the ice freezes first in the Hudson Bay. So all the bears come because they're waiting to walk out onto the ice once it's frozen and then disperse from there. So they're basically like hanging out. (laughs) Like they're like waiting in the gatehouse for a flight, (laughs) the polar bears. (laughs) So now I get all my standby flights, uh, all middle seats. That's okay. Uh, Just getting there. I get to Winnipeg, stay in an airport hotel. And now I'm on my way to Churchill. (laughs) And I get to the gate and I'm trying to be super nice and uh the agent says to me I said well there's seats right and she said oh yeah there's seats but with our airline lots of times we don't put any standbys on because of weight and balance because you know there's a lot of cargo because there's no roads going in there so um it was like a it was like but there's seats and they're not going to put me on anyway. And she said, and she, you guys might not know this, but how it works almost everywhere in the world is you don't get a seat assignment and then they call you at the gate. They call the standbys or sometimes there can be a screen and then you get a seat and then you get on. But apparently she said, well, how it works at our airline is if we call your name at the gatehouse, you're bumped and you aren't getting on. So you don't want anybody to call your name. And I was like, Okay, so I'm in the gatehouse, like fingers and toes crossed. Don't call my name. Don't call my name. Don't call my name. You are now welcome to board Calm Air, flight 144, with service to Churchill. Please have your valid government-issued photo ID and travel documents ready for presentation to the agent. So, yay, I got on. Yay, I got on. I was so excited. I even had a seat empty next to me. And I was just like, I'm on my calm air flight to Churchill. And uh, I always wanted to see the polar bears. Uh, You know, I'm ticking my way through the animal kingdom in the wild and a polar bear is a big get. So uh, I get to Churchill and there is a free shuttle from my hotel to... um, the hotel, which was a bare bones hotel, but it was fine with me. It had everything I needed. It had a desk, a free basic breakfast, but that's okay. Uh, everything's good. And I charged both my camera batteries because the next day I'm going to see the polar bears. And uh, the first night uh, I had the best time just walking around the town of Churchill because I live where it's warm and it didn't really take that long to get to what feels like the end of the earth in like a, such a special town. And I was walking around in the crunchy snow. 
there's murals everywhere. It's like a very artsy town for being on the edge of the world. And um, I said later about all the murals. There's murals on houses. There's murals on shipping containers. There's there's art everywhere. And somebody said, well, there's not that much else to do there, especially because the tourists are only there for such a short amount of time. So anyway, uh, I'm walking around in crunchy snow and taking pictures and having the best time. I saw, I had read, you know, it's, polar bears are very dangerous. So there were signs. I love a funny sign. There was like signs that basically read polar bears, you know, keep out, you know, could, could be stray polar bears. So I was like, I'll turn around for that sign. So uh, I'm walking around and I had read in my book, like, uh, the places to eat and there's only a few restaurants and the one that one of the ones they recommended was this expensive hotel called the Lazy Bear Lodge so I thought well I'll check out where that is because that's where I'll probably eat tonight and that was like a because uh, I was saying oh can I look at the menu for later and the guy goes uh well there's no later because I was in my oh my hat and gloves and everything. And he said, uh, we don't take any outside reservations. We're full. So we're just going to have our own guests here. And I was kind of like, oh, and I'm thinking, all right, well, that's one restaurant down. I didn't realize this was going to be a problem. And as I went to the next one and they were closed, uh, I was realizing, oh, eating might be a problem. And uh, I go to the actually what turned out to be the best one, the Tundra Inn. And uh, there was a nice waitress and it was early. And she said, well, you're not with a tour group? And I was like, no. And she said, well, if you want to eat here, you're going to have to get here really early because the, the tour groups book all the tables with reservations. So if you're not here early, then otherwise the only time would be after all the tour groups and we close, you know, like 8.30. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll eat now. And I tipped her good because I realized this was going to be a problem, could be a possible problem. So the next uh, two nights I was there, after I get back from a tour, I would just like run to my hotel, go to the bathroom, and then run to the restaurant. And the second night, I ran to the restaurant, and the same nice waitress was there. And all the other people that were by themselves had realized that they weren't going to have any place to eat unless they got there early. And it was already full. It was like 5.30 and it was already full. And my, I think she could see my face like, oh, what am I going to do now? And she said, well, if you don't mind, I can like make a, a room over there. There were like, it's like where if they had live music, a band would be. She's like, oh, I'll have to move some boxes. And I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> So I'm sitting like up on a stage around some boxes and the next uh, day on the Tundra Buggy Tour, a lady goes, were you the one sitting in like the storage area at dinner last night? I'm like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> so I go to bed early. I First thing I do is charge my camera batteries because I'm going to see the king of the Arctic. I'm going to see the polar bears. I'm so excited. I get up early. I'm ready to go. And the uh, so I the expensive Tundra Buggy tour wasn't that day because I was worried about um, standby. So I thought, well, I'll put that the other day. So if I have to try the next day to get on the flight. So anyway, I had the less expensive tour, which is just a 
they call it a local tour, and it's just in an SUV with six other people. And I ended up liking this tour better because I didn't realize that the Tundra Buggy, which is a giant safari vehicle on giant wheels so you can go over the ice, which is really fun because you almost feel like you're in a going to Antarctica. You're like... <laughs> And then, but the thing is with it, because there's only tourists for so such a short amount of time, it was totally full. So we're like 40 people. And so every time you saw a bear, uh, everybody would run and you'd have to kind of jockey for position to get a picture of the bears. Uh, so I kind of liked this just in an SUV, the cheaper tour better. So anyway, um, now it's time for my tour. I'm all excited. The people on my in my SUV because it's a whole day tour. They were really nice, which makes a difference. There was a nice Canadian couple, a guy from Italy, and a girl from California and her 80-year-old dad traveling together. And um, everybody seemed really nice. And I'm like, we're going to see a bear. We're going to see a bear. And uh, it wasn't in almost no time uh we see a bunch of vehicles pulled over and everybody standing outside and uh, two giant male polar bears sparring in the distance. And it was like, oh, they spar. It's like they're like, they stand up. When they stand up, I don't know if people understand how big these bears are. They're like six of Dwayne Johnson, the rock. Six of him is one bear. They're like, a male is like 1,300 pounds and they're standing up and fighting. And I was like, yippee! Woohoo! I got to see the bears. But I did not realize that we were going to be outside. Uh, uh, I was supposed to be in an SUV. I just assumed we would be taking pictures from inside the SUV. So, I mean, I had my coat, my furry coat, and a hat and gloves. But, uh, he said, you, you can get out of the vehicle and go where all these other, all these people were staying there with those cameras, much more expensive cameras than mine with the big lenses. And uh, it's cold. I mean, it is cold and it's snowing and the wind's blowing. And he said, um, anytime we get out of the vehicle, when I tell you, if I tell you to get back in the vehicle, you people have to get back in the vehicle fast. When I, if I say back in the vehicle, I mean back in the vehicle and he's got a gun it's a gun that like shoots rubber bullets or makes noises it's not going to kill the bear but uh anyway so i'm like okay we're getting out of the suv so i'm all excited i got my little camera and uh i got my uh, i'm you know like just excited to see these big sparring bears but they're pretty far in the distance and uh i'm like okay well you know my camera has like a 10 times zoom but nothing like those expensive cameras but I get the camera out and I'm like, there's bears, there's bears, I'm seeing the bears. And my camera says that the battery's dead. And I'm like, what? I just charged them. I'm thinking, did my camera just get like old overnight? Like what happened? It turned out it's so cold. It's too cold for the battery. Kind of like I live where it's hot. So your your phone can overheat while the camera is overly cold so I can't take a picture so then I'm like okay I'll try with my cell phone and I can't get the I can't get the phone to turn on or put my passcode in with the gloves on so I'm trying to take the gloves off in the freezing cold out in the tundra <laughs> with the wind and the snow and I'm getting and it's uh it's I can't 
I, I can't have my gloves off. I And I'm like, how are these other people just standing out here taking these pictures of the bears? Well, it turns out like the Canadian couple. So I had, I had to run back into the SUV just to sit on my hands and try to figure out what's wrong with my camera. And at this point, when I was out there, because it was windy and blowy, I got something in my eye. And I'm like, I came all the way to see the bears. And my camera's dead. I got something in my eye and it's too cold outside. Wah! <laughs> It's like a big wah, wah, wah. But anyway, I warmed up my hands and uh, the Canadian guy said uh, later when we all got back in the in the SUV, uh, he's like, well, I have like these socks that have batteries to keep your feet warm. And he had, he had all, uh, I guess when you're from a cold area, he, I did not have the correct equipment to be outside for long periods of time. <laughs> in that kind of weather. So I'm on the tour with all these nice people, and next we they find a bear, and the bear is just out in the winter wonderland. It all looked like a Christmas card. And this bear was a female and didn't seem to mind us at all and was just going about her business. And uh, we got to spend, when I say spend time, I was in a car, but very close to the bear. And it was really nice. She was like eating and uh, it was just weird to be that close to a polar bear in the wild. It was just really exciting. And then after we spent a lot of time with that bear, we went driving again and he spotted a bear. It's amazing how many bears there are and how they're very healthy. Uh, they're good size. And um, we see a male walking and it's pretty far in the distance. And then there's two other SUVs in front of us. And uh, our guide says, okay, you guys can get out, but don't go very far. Stay right next to the car. And if I tell you to get in the car, you get in the car, you get in the car fast. And because this bear was closer than those two male bears sparring. And uh, so we're getting out of the car. It's really exciting. And the bear's walking really they're just majestic creatures. So he's walking and he's walking towards the two other SUVs in front of us. And they're not out of their car. And we're out of their car because we're further back. And the bear gets right up to the two SUVs. Now, the people inside are probably thinking, ooh, like if he got up on their car, he could really damage their car. And now he's just like a piece of glass away from the people, which is scary. So they honked their horn to scare the bear. And then the bear comes running towards us. And our guide is like, get in the car, get in the vehicle, get in the vehicle now. And remember I told you that we had that 80 year old father of the one lady, he's in front of me. And I'm like, gently pushing, uh, helping him into the car. It's like, get in the car, get in the car. But we all got in, and we were able to shut the door, and it was very exciting. So we were standing in the galley talking, and this flight attendant was telling me that they had, sometimes we have, you know, we're totally full, and we'll have jump seat riders where you can jump seat in the cockpit. But in general, almost exclusively, you have to be a pilot to sit up there. Um, there's like, maybe if you work for the FAA, uh, there's a couple reasons and, and they had a jump seater and somebody said, oh, he's not a pilot. And she was, she was asking the agent, well, what, what department is he in? 
and the guy, you know, we have masks on. It's hard to it's hard to hear people in the mask. It really is. You can't you can't read their lips. It's just kind of like and and the agent said uh, he's a dick scratcher, and my friend like paused and she was like, "What the what department did you say?" And he said a dick scratcher, and she's like, "What what um what department is that?" <laughs> And the agent had said, dispatcher. <laughs> so in the SUV, I learned a lot of things. The Canadian guy was telling me about bears. Bear safety. If it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lay down. If it's white, good night. <laughs> so Churchill, Canada. Is such an interesting place. So on that tour, we could ask the guide a lot of things. And so uh, I had read about the polar bear jail, and I have a picture. I have lots of pictures on my Instagram, Betty in the Sky. Uh, it was so much fun taking the pictures, and um, I have so many pictures of bears. Anyway, I was like, um, can we see the polar bear jail? He's like, sure. He drove us by the polar bear jail, and he was explaining, because um, I didn't totally understand, but... Uh, they can't have bears come into town because polar bears are so dangerous. They have had incidents. So one girl we learned who worked at the um, shop where I did my tundra buggy tour, she at 1 a.m. in the morning was walking home in town and a polar bear scalped her, scalped her. But she ended up being okay because somebody else heard and came out and uh fired a gun and so what happens with these with the polar bear jail is uh say that a bear scalps somebody or just is coming into town they have this it's the only one in the world the only polar bear jail i'm pretty sure in the world it can hold up to 28 bears sells for 28 bears so if they call them if they have a naughty bear so that's a bear that's coming into town too much and could be dangerous for the people who live in town they catch them and they put them in jail for 30 days with no food because um they give them water but they don't want to give them food because they don't want it to be a polar bear uh bed and breakfast they don't want to reward bad behaviors so what is surprising, though, is that the bears learn. So then after 30 days, they take the bear out, uh, release it, and then the bear doesn't come back to town because he doesn't want to go back to jail. <laughs> so some, in some ways, the polar bears <laughs> are smarter than humans. They learn their lesson, and they do not want to go to polar bear jail again. I learned all kinds of things about bears on this trip. So polar bears... Skin is actually black, but you don't see it that much because of all the fur. But the fur isn't actually fur, it's tubes. So it's easy to dry off the cold water. It's a genius. And so another interesting fact about Churchill is the locals don't lock their cars or their house in case somebody needs a place to escape from a attacking polar bear. <laughs> And then this was a funny thing. And people were making fun of me because uh, I was, of course, I was there to see the polar bears. Of course, that's why I'm there. But I was also fascinated by these one-sided trees in Churchill. Like the trees are all on one side. And I had trouble because I was always driving, getting a good picture of the um, trees. I was on the tundra buggy and the people were like, 
you're all focused on getting a picture of this stupid tree. I'm like, yeah, because it's interesting. So the trees are one side because the wind kind of sandblasts the one side away. And then these one-sided trees can live hundreds of years. Interesting. So the next day, I was out on the actual tundra buggy, which is an experience in and of itself. You know, it's this vehicle I, I believe they only have there. I could be wrong, but it's like a safari vehicle up on giant, giant wheels so that it can traverse the ice. And get this, that, uh, uh, that's where more of the bears were. So you see more bears on the tundra buggy than on a um just an SUV tour, but also uh, I ran into people who go to Churchill every year and rent a car and drive themselves around and just take pictures of bears. Uh, I wouldn't have felt comfortable on this trip doing that, but possibly another one. And I'm actually going back to Churchill. I might even go back this August because I saw photos. So in the summer, they have a short period of when all the beluga whales go there and you can swim with the beluga whales. And like if you're in a, a canoe or a kayak, the, the whales will come right out of the water. The pictures were amazing. So I think I'm going back to Churchill. So uh, the tundra buggy is interesting. And that's where you see more of the bears because you're actually out on the ice. And that's where the bears are eventually going to go when it's all frozen. And then they disperse. And so then they have these expensive hotels on the ice. And these hotels are, I I went by what people said. I didn't look it up at like $2,000 a night. Really expensive. But this way you can see the bears. They have lights out at night. You can see the bears from your hotel at night. But some of them, depending on, there's three out there. And uh, one of them I heard, it's kind of like you don't get a room. It's like kind of five tundra buggies strung together. And then that's the hotel. Uh, I have pictures of it on my Instagram. But um, the one, you don't get a room, you just get kind of like a crew rest bunk. So you get kind of a bunk with a curtain. <laughs> it seems a little crazy to spend that kind of money to have just a bunk with a curtain, but it's really just because it's an experience that very few people could ever have. Of course, I'd love to stay in one of those hotels, but it's a, it's above my price range. And uh, it's interesting that it's such a short window that the of time that the bears are there that as soon as that window is done, the town, basically everything shuts down. All the tourist infrastructure shuts down. So the hotel I was staying at was shutting down the day I was leaving. And then I was talking to all, I talked, you know, I talked to everybody and uh, they, the one restaurant that Tundra is like, I think there's there might be one local bar that I didn't see, but this is where the only bar really for the tourists uh, is at the Tundra Inn, and they have an event which was going to be the Thursday after I left, which is called Drink the Tundra Dry. <laughs> they have really cheap drinks um, because it's going to be closed for the season. So they like want to get rid of the beer and stuff. So I don't know, maybe it's 25 cents. I don't know. But the locals all go to have cheap drinks and drink the tundra dry. So Churchill and the polar bears were just magical. And I wasn't as concerned about my standby flight leaving there because I'd already, my main goal of the trip had already been achieved. And then the, the airport, when you're leaving the airport in Churchill, there's no security, nothing. I guess they figure if you already got there, you went through it somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> it was uh, refreshing in a way. And um, 
The second half of my trip, or actually the bulk of the trip, was slightly anticlimactic because Churchill is so unique and seeing the bears is so unique. But the second part of the trip, I uh, took a road trip around Alberta, Canada. So I went to uh, Canmore and Banff and Lake Louise and Jasper, and it was all snowy and winter wonderland. Canada really is beautiful. But it was one of the curious things was, so the first part of the trip, the Churchill, it was all about bears. I want to see as many bears as possible. Bears, please. More bears, more bears, more bears. And then the second half of the trip was no bears. I don't want any bears. <laughs> please, no bears. Because, uh, I was doing a lot of hiking in the snow, which is unusual for me, and it was really fun, but uh, all the signs and everything said um, warnings, like, uh, and then I went on a wildlife tour in Jasper, and the guy was like, you shouldn't hike unless you have four people. Well, I'm one person. I don't have three other people. It's just me. And it says, make noise, because you don't want to surprise a bear. I kept getting all these stories about maulings by bears, and um, so... I was doing all this hiking by myself where you're not supposed to surprise a bear. So I'd be hiking in the snow, in the woods going, no bears today. <laughs> no bears, please. <laughs> no bears, no bears, no bears. Like a crazy person. I'd like to thank any of you who were so super kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon, and it's the buying season at the moment. Uh, you went to my website, doesn't take you hardly any time, BettyInTheSky.com. Click through any of the Amazon links, doesn't cost you anymore, it supports the show. And I like to see what people buy. And I had posted or talked about in the last episode that BevLedge device that goes into your uh the window at the airplane, so you have more space, you put your beverages and your phone and stuff. And I took it on my Canada trip. I thought it was great. But quite a few people bought those. And then I guess uh, people who were searching for those found this other thing. And I was kind of like, oh, I think I want one of those too. <laughs> well, for people who spend a lot of time on the plane, it's this airplane pocket cover. I'll put a link on my website. Also, uh, it's like a it's like a fabric that goes over your tray table and then has pockets underneath it. So if you're worried about it being clean, I don't like putting my stuff in the seat pocket because uh, you don't know what all tissues, you don't know what all's been in there. So this way you have your own clean tray table and pockets for all your stuff. So if you're not at the window seat, anyway, <laughs> put a link to that too. And then somebody else bought two mattresses, mattresses. <laughs> Anyway, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, just consider to going to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. Doesn't cost you any more, and I thank you so very much. So Banff was a really pretty town. Uh, so much of Canada reminds me of like Seattle, Portland. It's all, you know, interesting organic food. They're all into recycling. It's all kind of feels like how, you know, everywhere should be. And, uh, I'm driving and I'm not that great at driving in the snow. It scares me. I had that scary trip driving around Iceland. So I was trying to be more prepared this time. And I've had other trips where I've gotten lost and people are like uh, telling me, well, you need to download. I knew I wasn't going to have cell service in the mountains. I was going to be taking the Icefields Parkway. If that says anything to you right now, uh, the name is Icefields Parkway. <laughs> Uh, is it's in the 
mountains, there's not going to be any cell reception. So I was trying to be very prepared and I downloaded maps.me for Alberta so that when I didn't have cell reception, I would still have GPS and I wouldn't get lost. And um, I'm in Lake Louise and wah, wah, wah. the Icefields Parkway is closed for avalanche. Avalanche! That tells you what kind of driving it is. <laughs> And I thought I was going to have to, I had already paid for my hotel in Jasper, and I thought I was going to have to rearrange my plans and stay longer in Lake Louise. I wasn't sure. You know, the road's closed. There's, there, the other road, um, I had talked to the concierge, uh, it was like, instead of it being a four-hour drive, it said three, but I knew what the snow conditions were going to be at least four, uh, it was going to be an eight-hour drive this other way, and the guy told me that that was a very dangerous road. So I didn't want to drive eight hours, and I certainly didn't want to take a dangerous road, so I thought... It was closed, and I thought, well, I guess I'll just have to wait it out. And uh, then there were different websites I could look on in Canada, and um, like Canada 511. Anyway, um, it looked like the road was going to open at like 2. And I was like, okay, so I had to check out of my hotel. I kind of like hung around the little town and waiting for the road to open. But I was concerned because what I was doing for my driving, because uh, I am not a good snow driver, um, was like trying to drive, like if I'm going to be taking a drive, like a two hour drive, I'd do it at like 11. So at least there had been cars on the road to um, clear the road a bit. So then I'm not like the first. So now, but now <laughs> the road was supposed to open at two. I'm like in a line behind uh, these, all these other cars waiting for the road to open. And now we're going to be the first people on the road that's been closed for a couple days because of an avalanche. So... Uh, it was really scary driving, but I made it. I saw um, uh, elk. I had to stop in the road for a bunch of elk. And then I saw a big black moose, which was exciting. And uh, I made it to Jasper. And now a lot of the things I was going to do, and I actually wasn't disappointed because we're in the time of a pandemic and all sorts of things. Anyway, a lot of the things I planned on doing were closed, uh, either because of COVID or because apparently it wasn't the season. Well, there was so much snow. It seemed like for a snowy winter ski kind of place that it should have been the season, but a lot of things weren't going to open until December 1st. So some of that I was going to do like the gondola ride. I was going to do like you could walk out kind of like they do in um, the Grand Canyon. There's like a clear walkway out over a uh, glacier. Anyway, I was all closed. So mainly I was hiking, but I like to hike. So really it was no harm, no foul. I was okay with things being closed. So I started on my first hike in Jasper, and uh, it, this hike was supposed to be like a really easy hike around the town. So I thought, all right, no problem. And it was all flat, and the first part was even like a concrete path, so really easy. And what? lo and behold, I'm on the path, and here's like a whole little herd of elk, big elk. And I was like, oh, whew. you know, because I like the wildlife. It's what really, you know blows my skirt up. And I was like, oh, and I got my camera. And they're all just looking at me. They they, they were just kind of, to me, they look like big deer. Um, they didn't seem to mind me taking pictures. And then this local lady from across the street from her home is going, hey, hey, you, get, you better get away from there. Get away from there. That's dangerous. And I was like, they don't seem to mind, but you know, I slowly backed away and and went gave them a wide berth and uh, went away from them. And then I found out later I did a wildlife tour 
um, there in Jasper. And apparently the elk cause more damage than the bears every year because they get very territorial, especially if there's a baby around. And um, so, you know, she was probably right, you know, hey, like you stupid tourists, get away, you're too close to the elk. <laughs> so I saw a t-shirt for sale that said, um, Canadian as puck. <laughs> Which I thought was funny, you know, because a lot of times there's another word where people use as instead. But this is, and they like, you know, hockey. So it's Canadian as puck. And so then I was kind of in my head whenever I wanted to say uh, the other word when I was in Canada, I would say, ah, puck. <laughs> so I, after the after the elk incident with the local yelling at me, I'm now on the um, snowy part of the back end of town part of the trail but part of the problem in the snow and it's the same problem I had driving is you're driving you can't see the lines in the road and in uh, the trail if you have a whole bunch of snow it's kind of hard to tell if you've stayed on the trail or not so on the back end of this trail and I thought I was on the trail and uh like I was thinking I don't know and then uh then there's two elk just sitting there looking at me like eating and I'm like, okay, I learned from the lady. I'm not supposed to be around you, so I'm going to back away. I'm backing up, okay, backing up. And then uh, I got back down with, onto what I thought probably was the trail, and I'd probably gotten off the trail, but then I'm on the trail. And I'm no expert for tracking, but there were no people tracks. It was all animal tracks, and it looked like bear tracks. I, I mean, I'm not positive, but they look like bear tracks to me. And so, again, I was like, oh, puck. I don't think I'm supposed to be here. I did an about face and got out of there. Ah, puck. I took a, one of the things, a lot of the tours and stuff I was going to do were closed, so or not open, and wasn't the season or COVID or whatever, but there was a wildlife tour. So I thought, great, because that's what I like anyway. And uh, you can learn things. So uh, it was just me and another uh, young girl. She was staying at the hostel. She was like from the Netherlands. Very nice. On the wildlife tour, we got to see a bald eagle and we got to see a big horned sheep and lots of elk. And then he was telling us a lot of things, which was helpful. And uh, he was saying that there are some... Now, I didn't look it up, but... <laughs> He said there have been times that polar bears have mated with grizzly bears, and then that's a really scary bear, and they call it a, a pizzly. <laughs> a pizzly. And then the other thing he told me, because uh, I like animals, and uh, I had seen a red squirrel. and I was on the red squirrel trail, and I saw the red squirrel. It was cute. And um, this tour guide was telling us that these red squirrels can see into the future. <laughs> and I was like, really? And he said, well, uh, they build their pile of stockpile for the winter, uh, their nuts and whatever, like um, pine cones. And he said, depending on how big a pile, you can see their piles, it's out in the open. And um, depending on how big the red squirrel pile is, is how long the winter is going to be. And he said he's tested it and he's done like gone through all the different weather channels and everything and how long they think weather's going to be. And he says the red squirrel can see into the future better than any <laughs> weather channel. This lady asked me on a German trip if the Sotuku comes in German. <laughs> Sotuku. 
Now, I was leaving Jasper. I had to be going back on the Icefields Parkway, but uh, there wasn't any snow in the forecast, and it was very exciting. So I was thinking, okay, this isn't going to be that bad. But what happens is when there's a bunch of snow anyway, and it's really windy in the mountains, it makes like a snowstorm. Like it's all blowing. It might as well be snowing. And uh, I, like I said before, I had um, downloaded the maps.me, so I felt pretty confident in my uh, GPS and everything. That So I thought this is going to be a little smoother than the last time. And uh, not so much. First off, I really had to go to the bathroom. And uh, this was taking me a long time because of the snowy avalanche conditions on the Icefields Parkway. And oh, a lot a lot of the turnoffs, like where you could turn off, um, to take a picture or whatever they hadn't plowed so there was like you can't my car couldn't get there it was like full of you know like a couple feet of snow so uh, at one point I saw where they had plowed one and there was actually a little outhouse that was like hallelujah because I thought I was gonna have to squat because the the, <laughs> the snow was so high and it, like people were just gonna be driving by I'm about to be squatting on the side of the road. So it's like I was like that little outhouse out there on the side of the road was like heaven. So then I'm driving and uh, I'm pretty much past now getting off the Icefields Parkway. So I'm thinking smooth sailing, baby. I, I, this, I'm, I'm, I'm golden. And then my GPS, the um, maps.me tells me take the exit, take the exit. And I knew I was going to be coming up on the uh, Trans-Canadian Highway 1, I believe it was. And so I knew that was about right. So to take the exit, I take the exit. And then it's not talking to me anymore. And so I'm just going because, you know, it talks to you when you have to make a turn or whatever. And it's really snowy. And I don't see any snowy snow that was already there. Um, and I don't see any other cars. And I'm starting to think, I don't, I, I don't, this doesn't feel like Trans-Canadian Parkway. Uh... Because there should be other cars. And so I'm getting skeptical. And then I see a sign that says, Welcome to British Columbia. And it's like, ah, oh, puck. <laughs> the reason it wasn't talking to me anymore is I hadn't downloaded British Columbia because I wasn't going to British Columbia. So I was way the wrong way I'm in British Columbia. But what I don't know now, and this is what when the snowy stuff is like, snowy driving is so scary to me is I can't tell because I can't see the lines in the road if the road that I'm on is a two-way road or lots of times you're like one way and then the other side is like there's some snow in the middle and then so I didn't know if I could just do a u-turn there weren't any other cars but I can't tell because I can't see the lines in the road if it's a two-way road or not and I know I'm in the wrong place and I know I don't have any cell reception and I know uh, I don't have any maps.me in British Columbia. So the only way I'm driving really slow because there's nobody else around and I see a sign on the other side and there's writing on the opposite side. So I'm like, bingo, it is a two-way road because I was afraid to do a U-turn if it turns out I wasn't on a two-way road and then I would be driving the wrong way. You could have a head-on collision. So I did an illegal U-turn and I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> everything's back on track. So I was so excited to turn that rental car in without a scratch because to me, that was some scary driving. Not as scary as, as uh, 
in Iceland because they they did plow the roads and they did put salt or gravel down. So uh, it wasn't nearly as bad, but it's still a little stressful for me. And so I turn in the rental car. I have a um, airport hotel in Calgary. And now it's basically just flying home. So to me, it's kind of like, all right. I got off scot-free. I had a little snafu. I had to buy a ticket on Flare Air, and I had a snafu where I ended up in British Columbia. But all in all, pretty darn good and uh, an excellent trip. Uh, and one of the things I kind of pride myself, I know it's a weird thing. Uh, a lot of things that people hate about traveling, I kind of like. I like having all my ducks in a row. I like having everything prepared. So I had gotten my COVID test for entering the United States. Uh, I had my vaccine card I'm at the airport uh, right on time in Calgary, even early, and I'm standing in line. I need to check in because um, almost everywhere you have to check in now because you got to show your your negative test. You have to so, show your vaccine card. Uh, so I have everything ready. I feel like I'm really prepared. I'm standing in line and uh, I look at my listing I look at my listing and I have listed myself from Winnipeg to the United States. I'm not in Winnipeg. I'm in Calgary. And I'm looking at that and I still had people and thank goodness I have people in line in front of me because I'm thinking, puck, puck, puck. I, I, that's the wrong airport. I go up there. They're going to be like, well, you're not in Winnipeg. You're in Calgary. But I had flown into Winnipeg and when I was making my airline listing, I just made a mistake. And so I get out of line. I'm like, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me. And I'm thinking in my head, puck, 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 <laughs> puck, because I don't know what time the flight is from Calgary to the United States. I don't know if there's seats on it because I fly standby. And I'm thinking, puck, puck. But thank goodness I had given myself plenty of time. And what are the chances? I mean, really, what are the chances? It's the same flight time. I think it was like my flight from Winnipeg that I wasn't in Winnipeg. Uh, was it like 745? And the flight from Calgary was at 740. And there were more seats on it than there were going to be at the Winnipeg. And I even got first class, which I almost never get anymore because, which is fine. I, I mean, I'm happy to get on. To get in first class uh, is just like a bonus. And then there was a funny thing on, on that first class flight. And sometimes now I don't know. Everybody is so offended all the time. I don't know if things are, are going to be offensive. So I don't know if I should tell this little story. But I thought it was interesting. I'm sitting in first class. I don't have anybody sitting next to me. That's like a win, win, win. And then there's a guy on the window and he doesn't have anybody sitting in the aisle. I noticed him. Nice looking guy. Uh, didn't pay much attention. Uh, doing my own thing. Watching a movie. And then I kind of glanced over and realized he had two uh prosthetic legs yeah you know and I just then again didn't think anything of it uh watching my movie and then at some point I look over and he's taken off the two legs and they're in the seat uh in the aisle basically in front of him they're not under his seat so now the 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 light comes on we're making our descent and you know you have to stow your luggage and I was thinking I'm not the flight attendant I'm not working thank gosh thank goodness thank gosh, I'm not working. You know, I'd be like, puck, puck, puck. Because what do you say? You know, he say, you need to put your legs under the seat in front of you. <laughs> like, that would be very awkward. But thank goodness he put them back on. And so then it was uh, the person. I'm sure I actually saw the look on the face of the flight attendant kind of like, oh, puck. What am I, what do I say? How do I say it? It's like a little uncomfortable. 
that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.